Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypnobirthing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today's episode is all about a place of birth. Just to clarify that this is talking about place of birth in the UK, which is where I am from and where I mainly teach, although obviously now with the introduction of Zoom, uh, we can teach wherever. And I actually have had some uh, lovely listeners who listen to the podcast um, inquire about whether I'm able to teach them and they live uh, overseas in different countries. So obviously that is always a possibility because technology is just brilliant. Uh, But I mainly teach in the UK and I am from the UK. I'm trained in the UK and I have given birth in the UK as well. So that's what I'm going to be talking about mainly um, in today's episode. Also, just to remind you that I am not medically qualified and have not ever worked in a hospital. So what I'm going to tell you might vary slightly depending on where you live and your local trust. Also, as we all know, we are in the time of COVID, uh, which does mean that birthplaces are being affected. I will discuss place of birth from the point of view of normal everyday life before covid but i'm also going to kind of comment just a little bit on covid and some of the restrictions in place at the moment as well but mainly i want these episodes to stand the test of time basically so i want to kind of be more general about it but just comment on it slightly towards the end of the podcast as well So place of birth is one of the most important decisions you'll make around your birth and it is often one which is made based off of assumptions rather than fact. So an example of this is that home births equal unsafe and hospital births equal safe. This is definitely not going to be an episode where I spend my time trying to convince everyone to have a home birth because I know they're not for everybody and Some people feel more comfortable in a hospital environment and that is completely fine. Um, As I've said many times before, hypnobirthing isn't just for people who want to give birth at home. It's for every type of birth. So that is not what this episode is going to be. However, I will be talking about them and some of the assumptions made around them because once you have the full picture and all of the information, that is when you can start to make an informed decision. So I will be talking about them quite a bit because there are quite a lot of assumptions that are made around home births that aren't true. And I want to talk you through them and let you know that it isn't always the case. Recent research by The Lancet has shown that for low-risk women, um, those who have a planned home birth experienced fewer birth interventions and untoward maternal outcomes. So basically for low-risk women, which already low-risk, high-risk is a term that we don't love in hypnobirthing because it implies that whoever you are, whatever your situation, there's a risk involved in giving birth. So it basically shows for low-risk women, a home birth um, has no difference in negative outcomes and actually showed that women were 40% less likely to need a cesarean, 50% less likely to have an instrumental birth, 55% less likely to have an episiotomy, 40% less likely to have a third or fourth degree tear, and 75% less likely to have an infection. Now those numbers are big and definitely worth paying attention to. So what are the options for place of birth? We have home. When we say home birth, we don't mean free birth. A free birth is when someone gives birth without any medical professional present. Home births are usually attended by two midwives, one for mum and one for baby. 
Another option for place of birth is a midwife-led unit. This can be either attached to a hospital or freestanding. Um, and a follower of mine on Instagram actually asked me what the difference was. And to be honest, there isn't a huge difference in freestanding and attached midwife-led units. The freestanding units are usually close to the hospital and attached ones are obviously attached. They're both run by midwives and usually in a midwife-led unit you can have certain comfort measures such as gas and air. Um, in some trusts I believe you can have like opiates like pethidine and diamorphine and you can obviously use water, so birth pool if it's available because they obviously have a certain number of birth pools in hospitals so it's kind of a first come first served basis for them so if you're planning a water birth and going into hospital then I would let them know as soon as you're in labor and that you want a pool so that if there's one available they can hold it for you and you can also use a TENS machine as well in a midwife led unit the other birthplace option is the obstetrics unit often also called the labor ward and this is in the hospital and is run by obstetricians and midwives and here you can basically have all of the comfort measures you can have all of what i just listed and you can have an epidural as well Usually a person will be on the labour ward if they are deemed as high risk. So this is a little bit of a sensitive subject because obviously it's different for everybody. So I would recommend if you're deemed as high risk to research, upgrade your knowledge on your rights. And if you're not comfortable being on the labour ward, if you'd rather be on a midwife led unit or give birth at home, then ask some questions about whether it's possible to birth somewhere else. Really importantly, remember that you have a choice in everything. And so if you want to stay at home, you can, um, no matter which risk category you fall into, but, and it is a really big but, it is individual choice and you need to work out if any risks associated with being at home are okay with you. So I'm just telling you that you have a choice when it comes to whether you want to be in the hospital or at home but you need to work out whether that individual risk is okay with you. Home births are in your own home. You can have gas and air. So midwives in the UK carry gas and air with them, which is brilliant. Um, you can have water because you can hire birth pools and have them at home. And it means that you know you're going to have that access to that. You're guaranteed that. Um, and you can also have a TENS machine as well at home. At home, you have the added benefit of being able to have who you want there. So it's your space, you control it. Um, and for that reason, many people feel more comfortable at home and safer at home because they are relaxed. And as we know, when we're relaxed, we release the hormone oxytocin, which is the main hormone that we need for labor. One of my Instagram followers also asked um, how messy a home birth is. So I've had two and they're not too bad. And also, in my opinion, it really isn't anything for the birthing person to worry about because you won't be cleaning it up. You've just given birth. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. But in my opinion, they're not too messy. Midwives are really great and very helpful at tidying away and helping to clear up. They're also really great at making tea and toast afterwards. <laughs> If you have a birth pool at home, obviously you'll need to empty it and pack it away. But my husband has done that twice now and I haven't heard any complaints from him about it. It didn't seem like a big ordeal. You know, it was just what it was. It wasn't a huge problem. The only other thing you need to tidy really at home birth is any towels you've used. So you would usually supply the towels yourself and you just need to either wash them or chuck them away afterwards. 
The midwives are very good at making sure your furniture doesn't get ruined. And a top tip for anyone, actually anyone wanting home birth, but also just any pregnant person in general, is to buy some puppy training pads as they're really great to put under you during a home birth and also just really great for anyone in case your waters break they're just really handy to perhaps put under your sheet on your bed or put next to your bed when I had my second daughter we had just had brand new carpet put in upstairs and my waters broke luckily um I was downstairs when they broke and it wasn't a kind of huge Hollywood gush but they did sort of trickle out for a while afterwards so I lined puppy pads kind of from the bed where I was positioned where I sat myself just while my waters were sort of going I lined the floor and the new carpet with puppy pads to the toilet so that I could uh, move between both without getting waters and amniotic fluid all over our brand new cream carpet. So they're very, very handy. They're also really handy for when the baby's here to change the baby on because sometimes, as we know, if we've got newborns, they can poo and wee when we're changing their nappies. So they're just really handy to put them on and then throw them away afterwards. In terms of emergency situations during a home birth or also being on a midwife-led unit, it's really, really important to tell you that the vast majority of transfers into hospital are for reasons that are not emergencies. The top three reasons people transfer in from home to hospital are for extra pain relief. So perhaps they feel like they just want a bit more kind of comfort. So an epidural would be an example of something that they would transfer in for. Again, not an emergency. The second reason is failure to progress, which is a really horrible term, but basically it means perhaps things have slowed down a bit and you know it's just better for you to be in hospital to kind of try and encourage things along. Again, not an emergency. Um, And the third one is meconium in the waters. So this is when the baby poos in your waters when they're still inside you. And usually when the waters go, either before or during your labour, you can tell if there's meconium in them because they're slightly discoloured. And so that would be another reason why someone might transfer into hospital. But again, that's not an emergency situation either. As I've already said at the beginning of the episode, at home birth, you usually have two midwives you have one midwife with you kind of pretty much the whole time and then the second midwife comes when they believe the baby's about to be born because the second midwife is for the baby and so the real benefit of having a midwife with you for the majority of your labor is that they are very in tune with you and can easily and quickly pick up on anything that is kind of veering away from normal in a hospital or a midwife-led unit you will have a midwife but they might be also seeing and dealing with other women who are giving birth as well so they may not be with you for the entire time at home obviously that midwife is with you they're not going to go anywhere so they are just very in tune with you and much quicker to pick up on something that they're not sure about if this does happen then they are on it they want to be prepared as well and so you know if they're witnessing something that they just think isn't looking quite how they would like it to look they may have already phoned ahead to the hospital and perhaps given them a heads up that they may be transferring in my personal experience of this is when I had my first daughter we had a home birth but it was just it was a long process and I actually have a episode all about my birth story so I'm not going to go into too much detail about it but it was a a, you know a long labor and we were at home and things were just starting to kind of slow down a bit in terms of having her because it had been a while 
And they just said to me, and I actually remember the midwife saying to me, you know, we, we're just going to call an ambulance. It's not an emergency. We're not worried. We, you know, we're not panicking, but we just want to have them here in case we need to transfer in, basically. Because, you know, if they decide that we do need to transfer in, then they want to know that they have that ambulance there ready basically and we did end up transferring in which was fine and it was for a non-emergency situation basically um I I guess it would be deemed as failure to progress just in that um she kind of wasn't coming out um during the pushing stage I'd been kind of doing my second stage breathing and pushing for a little while and she she wasn't coming out so I I needed to transfer in for some help um in terms of an episiotomy and forceps which was fine but even when we did transfer in there were no blue light it was you know it was absolutely fine it wasn't an emergency and at no point did I feel scared even when she said that to me and she said you know is it okay we would like to call an ambulance just so they're here it doesn't mean we're worried it doesn't mean we think something's going wrong it's just we want to be prepared and that was fine so that's what I mean in that they they're not going to leave it until it gets to a point where you really do need an emergency transfer in they are very on it and if something steers away from what they think is normal and from what they're happy with then they're going to be preparing for that situation you know they want things to go okay as well so they are very very on it some of the other concerns people have about home births are things like what happens if my baby isn't breathing when it's born so all midwives carry with them a bag and mask which is to help breathing if needed Um, the same equipment is used in hospitals and on midwife-led units um, and home birth midwives carry them as well there is a slight misconception that babies need to breathe immediately as soon as they're born this isn't actually true so when they're born they're still attached to the placenta and so they use that to breathe when they're first born because they've been using that to breathe for nine months of pregnancy and that's the reason why when babies are born into water when you see them born in birth pools they don't immediately need to be picked up out of the birth pool in order to breathe they're still breathing through the umbilical cord and the placenta as they have been so 95% of babies will breathe on their own within the first few moments of being born of the remaining 5% of that uh, most of those respond to a brisk rub with a towel and of the tiny percentage left the bag and mask is used basically to give extra assistance but it's rarely used and it is the exact same process as in a hospital or a midwife-led unit another concern about home birth and one that I actually had as well was what would happen if I had a postpartum hemorrhage so this is when you bleed a lot after the baby's born Home birth midwives, midwives on the midwife unit and those in the labour ward all have access to an injection which they can administer if they notice excessive bleeding. They can give two doses of this and this will usually be enough to stop the bleeding. If it doesn't, then they will transfer you into hospital. Important to say though that they will have been on this since the first moment they notice bleeding. So as I just said, you know, how they're very on things, they notice when things aren't looking quite normal. So they may have been making preparations for transfer just in case. But this is very rare, I must say, it's very rare. Another assumption is that if you're in a hospital, then there is help immediately in an emergency situation. This just isn't realistic. If you need surgical help, there is unlikely to be a theatre full of people fully prepped, ready for you immediately. And so even in a hospital situation, in a hospital environment, things still can take their time. So just keep that in mind, you know, when you're thinking about home birth in the yeah there wouldn't be help there immediately but in hospital that's rarely the case either and as I said 
at home and in a midwife-led unit, those midwives are watching everything and they are picking up on anything they're not happy with that might steer away from normal. Lastly, stitching. So this could be done at home and it can be done in the midwife-led unit and it can obviously be done on the labour ward as well. Midwives are trained in suturing and they carry a local anaesthetic and so are capable of stitching minor tears such as a first or secondary degree tear at home. To note, you're much less likely to tear at home anyway, so this usually isn't even an issue. But if you do have a more severe tear, you're likely to need it to be repaired in theatre anyway. And this is the same no matter where you give birth. It really, really is important when thinking about place of birth to look at all the benefits and risks of all locations. Yes, home birth does have some risks attached to it, but so do hospital births. And these aren't usually thought about people don't think about the risks of giving birth in a hospital there's risks of greater intervention there's risks of infection and particularly at the moment with covid there is much more higher risk of infection so please consider all options and what's right for you also home birth has many great benefits such as increased oxytocin decreased intervention decreased postpartum hemorrhage decreased tearing But hospital births also have benefits. So some people just generally feel safer and more comfortable in a hospital. And you are going to give birth best where you feel comfortable. So if you feel most comfortable in a hospital, you're going to labour better there. If you feel more comfortable at home, then you're going to labour better there. So you really need to just listen to what you feel most comfortable doing. I always say to clients who I'm teaching, if there's even 1% of you that thinks they might want a home birth then book one and plan one because you can always change your mind you can be in labor at home and decide you want to be in hospital they won't tell you no you said you wanted a home birth so you've got to stay at home you can change your mind at any point throughout your labor it's just much much harder to be in a hospital and change your mind that way so it's much harder to be in hospital laboring and decide that you want to be at home giving birth so if you think you might like one then plan it and book it and know that you can always change your mind on it at any point throughout your pregnancy or throughout your labor as well. I hope you found this episode interesting. As I mentioned at the start, we are living in strange times right now with COVID and this can really affect our choice when it comes to place of birth. Some trusts aren't offering home births right now, which makes me really sad. Others are though. Some trusts are limiting birth partners and when birth partners are able to attend the birth from, which also makes me uh, very sad as well. It's very individual based on where you live um, and which trust you are nearest to. So please make sure you know your local trust guidelines and work out what you're happy doing based on those at the moment. As I said, it's just really difficult, strange times. And, you know, everybody's very hopeful that things will go back to normal and the birthplace and birth environment and how we had things before will all go back to normal one day as well. And I just really hope that that sooner rather than later and that this episode will be helpful for people going forward you know past covid because i'm hoping that things will be back to how they were sometime soon another follower actually has asked me to do a covid specific episode of the podcast um so kind of how covid is affecting birth and pregnancy and things like that so i'm actually going to start working on that as i do think it will be helpful i'm actually not sure what i'm going to include yet in it so i need to research it and think about it a bit but perhaps some tips for using hypnobirthing and how hypnobirthing can help during these strange times 
My next episode will be out in two weeks. I actually have a couple of exciting episodes lined up and I'm not sure which I'm going to release next. So I won't say what the next episode is going to be like I usually do, but I can promise it'll be fun and it'll be interesting. And so encourage you to please subscribe and then you'll get notified. Also, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, my page is at the underscore nurture underscore nest please come and give me a follow as I do talk about all things birth on there as well. And I actually have something special lined up for December on my Instagram account. So I'd love you to come over and join me. So until next time, goodbye and thank you for listening.